Carpe is the most interesting player in the Overwatch League. That's what we're going to talk about today on this episode of Positive Reinforcement. I've been mentioning this on Plat Chat quite a few times now, especially given how successful the Philadelphia Fusion have been in Stage 1 of the 2021 season. But I wanted to go more in-depth about why I enjoy following Carpe so much on the Philadelphia Fusion this year, and how I think his career differs a little bit from some of the other players we've seen in Overwatch, and especially pay attention to now, uh, given we're in this redemption arc uh, story part of the Overwatch League as it goes. So the straightforward answer is, why Carpe is so interesting is because... His story in Overwatch esports, in my opinion anyway, is a bit more of a tragedy, okay? He's the one who hasn't won that big title or earned himself like some honorary achievement or whatever. Most of the players we talk about these days or celebrate in Overwatch League, they've actually won something. They're a happy story. They're a successful story. Well, Carpe hasn't really achieved that yet. And that's why it's so interesting to see if this story has a happy ending or if he's just not going to win a title, okay? Um, so I think we should go back in time and talk about Carpe and how he started out in, uh, in Overwatch to begin with. And 2016, the early days of Overwatch Esports, Carpe was part of a team called BK Stars. Now, BK Stars, they weren't phenomenal by any stretch of the imagination. They were around in Apex, but they generally got bottom placings. They weren't like a fantastic team. And Carpe was the flex player of that team. But he had bigger aspirations than sticking around on BK Stars and trying to be more successful. So what happened was BK Stars actually, they competed in a North American online tournament. And that's really how Carpe started to make a name for himself. Um, BK Stars, they participated in a tournament I believe called uh, Rivalcade or something like that in the North American region. And they were playing with very high ping because this, remember, this was an online tournament and you had all the typical North American teams competing. Uh, Denial was there with XQC, uh, Selfless, Immortal, all of these, you know, old school names in the North American scene. Well, BK Stars, they decided to participate in this tournament and played with very high ping. So naturally, this was a team that people gravitated towards. They were like, hey, what's, what, what's up with these Koreans, BK Stars, participating in our North American tourney? Um, and they welcomed it. They wanted to see how they actually fared against some of the North American teams. Well, BK Stars, uh, I believe they got fourth. So you could consider that as a good success. They actually beat um, Denial. Um, we had like... Uh, I think it was XQC, Gingerpop, Dante, a um, couple of other players on that team. But they ended up losing to Selfless, who won the whole thing. And that was that was a long time ago. But it was an epic tournament for the time, because it was the first time we really saw Koreans participate in online competition against North American teams. Generally, we just had like Apex Season 1 and 2 and that kind of stuff. And we had teams traveling to Apex. Well, BK Stars, they said, hey, we're coming to your region. We're going to play in North America. Now, after that tournament, and Carpe really started making a name for himself, he joined FaZe. Now, he was on trial for Selfless for a while, uh, according to his Wikipedia page, but um, that didn't last too long. That was only about two, three weeks. So, he ended up joining FaZe Clan um, towards the latter end of 2017. And this is when Contenders just started as well. So, like the initial uh, seasons of uh, Contenders in 2017, uh, Carpe was playing on FaZe Clan. And... From what I remember, Carpe was still like the man of that team because this was a face clan that had struggled, I believe, um, in some of their tournaments. They hadn't really been um, as successful. They got a lot of second places. Um, according to their Wikipedia page, they did win a monthly melee, but you know, 
not their greatest achievement. They were always kind of like middle of the pack, but then Carpe joined, and going into Contenders uh, 2017, that initial season, Carpe was on everybody's lips because of how good of a hitscan player he was, and especially because we were preparing for the Overwatch League at that time as well, so people expected great performances and wanted to see the very best players stand out going into the Overwatch League. Well, face clan, they ended up getting second place to Envy at the time. And Envy, I mean, they were the powerhouse of North America. They were dominant. Like, their macro game was just better than anyone else's in the North American region. And, and even, you know, co considering the European region as well. Um, and obviously, Korea at the time, they started to, you know, be better in 2017 when you saw the influx of these Korean powerhouses as well. But Envy, they, they succeeded in 2016 because they had a great macro game. Their compositions, they were just smarter about the game than anyone else. Um, and that continued in 2017 when they just like they just had better teamwork they just had better compositions and uh while other teams rely on mechanical skill or people to pop off envious was just like so dominant in the north american region so carpe ended up getting second place in the uh, 2017 contender season so after that we go into the overwatch league and okay Philadelphia Fusion, start of the season. A lot of people weren't that high on the Philadelphia Fusion going into 2018 because they had picked up some no-namers, um, EQO. No one really knew anything about him at the time. Uh, you know, it was a bit odd because they combined Fraggy, they combined Poco. They had players from, from everywhere, all around the European scene, and they combined it. So people were like, hey, how is this going to work? Well, Carpe was still the star player of this team. This early on in his career, he was still the go-to guy for the Philadelphia Fusion, and he very much made a name for himself in 2018, but they couldn't win a title. Now, they got close several times, and this is part of why Carpe's story is so interesting, because he always was there in the finals, and he was always competing uh, among the top teams. So, he played in the finals of Contenders, lost to Envy. Well, they made it to the stage two title match in 2018. And we had four stages in 2018. Uh, the first one, London Spitfire won after a remarkable day of Overwatch. I think they played like 14 maps in a row or something like that. And they ended up beating New York Excelsior in the stage one finals. Stage two finals, well, it was all about the Widowmakers, the Tracers, and that's where Carpe really excelled. And he helped Philadelphia Fusion to get to the title match in stage two. Now, the stage two title match was insane um and i'm actually gonna look this up because uh to make sure i was correct yes i was I'm correct so philadelphia fusion they got second place in stage two and they got reverse swept in the finals okay they were up 2-0 against the new york excelsior in the stage two title match and New York went on to win the series 3-2, reverse sweeping the Philadelphia Fusion. It was a brutal way to lose the Stage 2 title match. And that was really what left a mark on the Philadelphia Fusion for so long. Because they just, they just haven't been able to win any of those stages. Well, we never would have had to be here. You could have just won one more map. You had three opportunities to win one map in 2018. And you would have had a title to your name. No. Philadelphia Fusion, they haven't won that title yet. And that is why Carpe's story is so interesting. Now, Carpe, he did win the Overwatch World Cup in 2018, okay? But are we really going to consider that, like, the achievement that is really going... That it, people are going to remember when they think about Carpe and all of his success? Like, yeah, he won the Overwatch World Cup 2018. I understand that people are going to think about USA and how they won the World Cup and how it's competitive... But back in 2016, 2017, 2018, 
None of these countries had stood a chance. Like, it wasn't even close. Like, Korea just won these World Cup. We, we just took it for granted. Like, Korea was the dominant region. So it doesn't matter that Carpe won the Overwatch World Cup 2018. Because people expected them to. They were by far the best. And if they hadn't won it, it would have been a massive upset by whomever even got close to winning them. So it's not that title you're looking for if you are Carpe and you are in the GOAT conversation. Now, 2019, as most of us know... You know, a bit of a wash. We don't really think about it anymore because it was all goats, okay? And Philadelphia Fusion, they didn't really specialize in goats. It wasn't their kind of meta. Still, though, people consider the Philadelphia Fusion a top team because, of course, they lost in the 2018 Grand Final. So people had high expectations of Philadelphia Fusion going into 2019. Just wasn't their year, okay? But we still held high expectations to Philadelphia Fusion because they got to that finals. They lost to London Spitfire in the 2018 Grand Finals. Um, and if I remember correctly, Carpe actually fell kind of flat in that finals. Uh, we saw that... Uh, um, Profit on the side of Lona Spitfire actually dominated for most of that game and Birdwing as well. Like, like, it was just a bit of a difference there. So Carpe couldn't live up to expectations and they ended up uh, losing in the 2018 Grand Finals. Uh, 2019, as I said, bit of a wash. Like they played GOATS. It just wasn't their kind of year. Well, going into 2020, things were going to be different. This time, Philadelphia Fusion, they were going to build a roster that really were going to earn Philadelphia Fusion a stage title. So, several key additions were made to the Philadelphia Fusion in 2020. Uh, they brought in uh, Fury to play the off-tank, um, which at the time was like an incredible signing, because Fury was like the best off-tank in the world, the best off-tank in Overwatch League history, and now he's joining um, the Philadelphia Fusion, are going to join forces with this team. Like, they're obviously just going to make an incredible super team. Um, at the time as well, it was Alarm got promoted, um, up from contenders and alarm like people had such high expectations from him like he dominated in contenders um, and it wasn't even close like he was by far the best player in contenders he turned of age um, so they got him they signed funny astro from the atlanta rain um, and now this was really going to be the year of the philadelphia fusion keep in mind as well they made some other signings like he's and ivy who people you know People rated them variously, um, but I wouldn't say that they were considered at the level of Carpi either, so he was still going to be the main man of this team. End of the story, I think that going into 2020, the mission was really to build a star team around Carpe and make him succeed. Really try to make him the, the, the crucial weapon for this team to earn them a title. And additions like Alarm, um, which was obvious, and the addition of Fury, was really just help was really just to help Carpe um, have some support around him so he could really uh, maximize his game and play to the best of his abilities. Now, 2020, some ups and downs for the Philadelphia Fusion. I mean, they had a star team, so expectations were high, uh, but they didn't end up getting to their next final until the summer showdown. And this was an incredible final. It's like one of the best finals in Overwatch history, dare I say. They were playing against the Paris Eternal, uh, Genji meta, Sparkle was in for the Paris Eternal, and they were such an incredible story at the time. Paris Eternal, who had beat the San Francisco Shock in the semi-finals of the summer showdown in 2020, um, just like by the last team fight. It all came down to the very last team fight. And the Paris Eternal, they edged themselves over the San Francisco Shock, who were the dominant team at the time. And now they were going to play the Philadelphia Fusion. The Philadelphia Fusion, who still hadn't won a title. They still haven't won a title. Was this going to be their time? 
against the Paris Eternal with additions like Fielder, Sparkle, um, you know, a bit of an up-and-comer team, dare I say, even though they have some good names on their roster. They were still like this kind of like new force in 2020 because they also had upgraded their roster. Well, Philadelphia Fusion, they were this historic team. They still had Carpe and they were still gunning for that title. Well, they ended up losing the finals of last year's 2020's Summer Showdown 3-4. And it came down to an incredible Havana game. Um, I do recommend you go back and watch that finals if you haven't. Um, it came down to the wire. We saw one of the best clutches in Overwatch history with EQO pulling out a blade. Um, but that's all I'm gonna say. If you haven't seen it, go back and watch it yourself. If you have seen it, you know what I'm talking about because it's legendary. Um, but still, Philadelphia Fusion, they fell short once more. Countdown Cup, the next stage in 2020. They finally made it to the finals again. Philadelphia Fusion up against the San Francisco Shock in the Countdown Cup. And this was also a bit of a back and forth map. Now, I believe this match started out with Philadelphia Fusion actually looking quite dominant. I'm actually going to make sure that I get this right. Um, in the finals. So, Philadelphia Fusion. Um, I've, I believe in that finals, uh, they came in as the better team. Um, they looked phenomenal, like they had a plan, um, they just looked like they were superior to a San Francisco Shock, which had struggled a little bit with player substitutions, figuring out the meta, uh, wasn't quite sure what they were going to do, but the story of the finals in Countdown Cup was really San Francisco Shock discovering, um, how to utilize their players, coming back, and just like, um, ended up winning the series 4-2 on the back of Twilight, have an incredible game, um, and I believe as well, Carp, uh, not Carpe, Rascal um, was in this game as well um, and had a really good performance after being doubted throughout the regular season while Carpe came back and really played a really good Genji, um, I believe, for the San Francisco Shock. So this was another series which Philadelphia Fusion, it felt like they were supposed to win the Countdown Cup, but instead it was the San Francisco Shock who really became the big story for clawing themselves back, finding their identity, um, having standout performances from many players. And again, the Philadelphia Fusion, they fell short. They lost another stage. Um, so going into the playoffs for the 2020 season, um, people had, you know, very different opinion on the Philadelphia Fusion going into the Final Four. Um, I can't actually remember what my opinion was, um, but they ended up falling short obviously it was a tough transition period for shock and philadelphia because they had to travel to korea um they actually had to travel um you know across the world to get to the final four and play some of these other teams um it was a meta change didn't seem like philadelphia fusion had figured it out and they're up going out in a pretty ugly fashion actually um uh, yeah, they ended up losing those matches in the Final Four in a pretty ugly fashion, and they got fourth out of those four teams in the Final Four. Uh, they lost 3-0 to the Shanghai Dragons, and they lost 3-0 to, uh, to the Seoul Dynasty, and just they didn't get a single map in the Final Four. So, a pretty ugly way to go out, but the Philadelphia Fusion, they were still there. They were still, like, with the four top teams in the league uh, for the 2020 season, um, and st still definitely contention of that title going in because they definitely had the player capacity. Again, Fury, Alarm, Carpe, fantastic players. Uh, well, here we are in 2021. I pretty much summed up his entire uh, Carpe's entire tournament history here, where he got so close to winning so many titles, and he still, still, he still doesn't have it. 
he still doesn't have it. Meanwhile, we have all these success stories going on. We're in the year of 2021, and the top teams are Shanghai Dragons, Florida Mayhem, Dallas Fuel. All of these teams that people have memed about and you've been tragic for so many years. Well, the redemption arc is here. Florida Mayhem is an incredible organization. You got a really fun squad, um, you know, known for their teamwork, likable players, Dallas Fuel, Element Mystic reunions, one of the most fun rosters to date, just their social media presence, their interviews, their video, the vibe, um, the cycle of mystery is broken. And if we go back in history even, Vancouver Titans, okay? They got what they were promised. They were this contenders team where people were like, yeah, they're gonna be dominant when they come into the Overwatch League. I mean, they ended up going to the Overwatch League and just like had an incredible 2019 season. Now they went to the finals and they ended up losing to um, the San Francisco Shock in the finals um of the 2019 season but i still think that you really got what you were promised here with the vancouver titans they had the best regular season standings record going 25 and 3 um so i think for the most part you got to be pretty happy if you're the vancouver titans the the story was that they were going to be dominant they were you had to you got to enjoy it for an entire year just like talk you know if you're a runaway fan just like to talk shit about all the other teams and we're like yo we're we told you we were gonna be fantastic we told you and here we are um so that was a runaway success story um so here we are with so many redemption arcs people who have earned their titles profits got a title fleda got the mvp that we talked about in 2018 um, and all these players who's really had so much success uh, and we are so happy for because they deserve it. Well, Carpe, he still doesn't have a title. This man, okay? Let's take a look at some all-time stats for Carpe. Let's take a look at this. All-time final blows. Profit has 5,021. 5, Carpe, he's hit second. Eliminations, second. Hero damage, second and this is part of why because he's been you know playing a lot of matches he's been in so many playoffs at this time so you know he's been getting to grind up these stats because he's had so many minutes under his belt but that also speaks to the fact that he's never getting subbed out he gets to play on all these playoff matches and he's a constant factor in the overwatch league and also like you can look at these raw numbers and be like yeah well this speaks for his play time and you know how, how he's been around in the scene but that doesn't factor in that he's legit in the GOAT conversation all time as one of the best Overwatch players. Not even Overwatch League, Overwatch all time. Carpe is in the conversation for being the GOAT, okay? Now, I think that it's Profit because of Profit's success. And I think that he's also been, you know, this consistent factor. If we actually take a look at Profit's stats as well, you can see that he's first in Final Blows, first in Elimination. So, like, he's there as well. But Carpe... He's at least in the conversation, like he's there, right there. Um, and after three years of Overwatch League, still hasn't won a title. Um, 2021, I think they were the better team than Shanghai Dragons uh, in the knockout matches, but they didn't make it to the main melee. Um, still though, it looks like they have a pretty stacked team. I think they look really good in the APAC region. But at this time, aren't you tired of just like looking at the Philadelphia Fusion and seeing how they're good, talking about how good they are, talking about their star players? when they never win anything. This is why Carpe and the Philadelphia Fusion is so interesting to follow. Because we don't know what's gonna happen. We don't know if they're gonna win a title. We don't know if they're gonna win a stage. We don't know if Carpe's gonna win the league MVP. It's yet to be decided. His fate is yet to be written in the book of Carpe. And meanwhile, we have so many redemption arcs going on with so many success stories, happy endings, where at least if, you know, half the league ended right now, maybe not half the league, <laughs> 
But if most favorite players around the league, they end their careers and they retire tomorrow, we'd be able to look at their achievements and be like, well, at least they had that stage. You know, they won that stage title. At least they have their that title to their name. At least they had those tournament wins. They had that successful phase. If Carpe retires tomorrow, it's a tragedy. Because he's the best Overwatch player to never win a noticeable or a significant title. All the other fantastic Overwatch players, they've won titles, achievements, rewards, awards. Carpe, he doesn't have that yet. And that's why I enjoy following Carpe so much. Not only is it fun to watch in terms of his mechanics, how good he is at hitscan heroes, um, how aggressive he is with those, but also because I want to know how this story ends. Um, um, because it, it has such significant value to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously I don't, I don't really play favorites. I have a couple of teams I enjoy following more than others. But for the time being, the story I enjoy the most is Carpe and the Philadelphia Fusion. Are they ever going to win a title with much, how, how much effort they've put in, how many fantastic players they've had on their squad and the incredible performances we've seen from them. How is this story going to end? It drives me nuts uh, and I can't wait to follow this team until the very end um, to see how it goes. Um, and then if they finally win something, we can once more have the GOAT conversation. We can discuss, hey, Carpe, he finally has his title to his name. Where does he rank? Uh, but until he wins that title, I think that the conversation is relatively straightforward, that he hasn't won anything, um, that it, despite always consistently being among the elite players, um, he hasn't actually won anything. And at the end of the day, that matters more sometimes than just fantastic individual performances. So, uh, pretty long video today on positive reinforcement, uh, but I, I really thought about this long for today and I wanted to get this out um, and I wanted to display some information to you guys as well. Give you a bit of a history um, look back, which was pretty sad. I mean, I spent like 15 minutes talking about, um, you know, losing matches, but that's what's so interesting about the Carpe story. Um, let me know what you think about Carpe in the Philadelphia Fusion in the comments down below. Like the video, subscribe to the channel if you want more videos like this where we talk about players or we just talk about interesting news in the Overwatch League scene as well. Um, I'll see you tomorrow for another positive reinforcement video. Until then, take care everybody. I'll see you next time.